the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Third and final hour time flying by the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you. Thanks for being along for the ride. Our telephone number this hour, 303-696-1971. As we continue, 24-7, 365, by the way. I haven't said this yet. You can go ahead and email me via the 710KNUS website. Go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page or via my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A-I or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. I love it. I'm looking across the glass. We got Blake in the studio over there, and he's filling in the words because we all know it. We all know it, don't we? Good to have you along for the ride once again today. 303-696-1971. Before we get to these clips of the conservative party candidate, a guy who's on point on economics in so many ways, up in Canada, Pierre Polivare and how he handled the media masterclass. Let's go to Marcus and Aurora, who's been patiently waiting through the top of the hour break. Good morning, Marcus. How you doing? Pretty good, Jimmy. Best bumper music in town. You know it. What's on your mind, brother? <laughs> uh, I always look at property taxes and uh, for the education of the students. So I, I go way back, and you could listen. You know, your grandfather walked to work and school, and then they took a horse, and then they took the bus, and then they took the car. And what amazes me is that nothing ever changes. It's just, uh, I've got a brother-in-law that drives the bus, and I can't believe he does that, but uh must be the benefits. <laughs> so so what, what are you getting at, though? Nothing changes in what regard? What do you, what, what's sort of your top-line point, Marcus? I'm not quite following. Well, my top point is this, that, uh, we had A, B, and C, and, and then they had the marijuana taxes for education. Then they had this and this and this. And the top point is nothing ever gets done. Have you noticed that? And the chartered schools and, the, and uh, the religious schools do better than the kids that are in the public school these days. It depends. It, it, the, there, there are some charter schools that don't, but there are plenty that outperform. I think the top school in the state is still Liberty Common School, which is a charter school up in Fort Collins. Uh, and they're, they're just absolutely crushing it. Look, let me let me say this. Um so my uh, girlfriend recently put her uh, kid, moved her kid in Douglas County schools into one of the Dugco huh. charter schools at my uh, uh, encouragement. I, I very much encouraged uh, that decision, and I think it was the, the right one and a better opportunity there for him. Uh, so I, I think – and one of the things that I love, too, you talk about outperforming the traditional schools – 
look at Woodland Park. They have one charter school, which is Merritt Academy, and it is doing extremely well. And it is the one school that is actually increasing enrollment in Woodland Park, which is why they are gunning. The teachers unions are gunning full throttle for Woodland Park as their top target converging on this small town of 8,000 people to say, hey, we got to oust these school board leaders. They got to go. There's all this chaos in the district and create this perception that is false. But here's the thing, Marcus. I also look at, especially being a public school kid myself, K through 12, I didn't go to a private school until college uh, when I went to Regis University. Well, I have to tell you, I went to Grandview <laughs> High School and Cherry Creek Schools. And since I graduated uh-huh. in 2008, Cherry Creek has declined going from a school district that was dedicated to excellence and the cream of the crop to being dedicated to excuses, to failing on every metric, and they are consistently sliding down in terms of their performance and their achievement. Cherry Creek Schools is the biggest embarrassment to any school district next to Denver Public Schools in the state of Colorado, and I say that as a former kid of that district. But where I see something good happening is in Douglas County Schools where their teachers are paid 20k less on average than the school district right next door in Cherry Creek that has managed to fleece taxpayers for years and years as there has been a decline in student achievement. We need to see improvements and guess what that means continuing a track of improvement that we are seeing in Douglas County Schools which requires paying teachers better. In, in the district, because otherwise they're going to go elsewhere and it ain't going to be good for Douglas County schools. I, I, I agree with you. Big picture. We have seen a startling decline in the public government run school system. We see some bright spots. Woodland Park being an example. We look at uh, uh, Douglas County schools as a, a prime example there. Uh, and that's where I think it's sort of a diamond in the rough. And the only time that I could see boxes checked for uh, for any sort of tax increase for schools. Go ahead, Marcus. I I'm gone, done with my soliloquy. No, there. no. I, I I always you're 100 percent. You know, I I can say 90 percent right. But even you, I agree right. with you. I'm 90 percent right. Yeah. There you go. And, the other the other 10 percent is mistaken. Yeah, and. <laughs> And I like your opinions on Israel too. Thank you. And and I just can't wait to hear the rest of the show. You have a nice day, Jimmy. Marcus, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, and you as well. Listener text, my kids go to Cherry Creek, and that school district has joined the race to the bottom for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I mean, they, they have certainly not recovered from the pandemic. And I think that they are failing on every level, and they are way too political. You want to talk about a woke school district? There may not be a woker school district in this state than Cherokee School. Yeah, that that school district. Scott McKenna, Steve Graves. uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Scott Graves and Steve McKenna. (laughs) They they were both on the show last weekend, and... uh, uh, definitely will help right the ship in Cherry Creek schools just a little bit, to be sure. Look, one of the things that I pride myself in when I do particularly my columns in the Denver Gazette 
is on focusing on persuasion and trying to set the narrative. But when you are running for office, you can't set the narrative without going through filters, the filters of the media, right? And a lot of times they want to control it. They don't want you to get through their filter the message that you want. Sometimes that requires you to be very savvy and smart with how you handle the media. I want to introduce you to a master class in handling left-wing media spin from Canada. Pierre Polivare is a candidate running for prime minister in Canada. And he is the Conservative Party's candidate. And he is very articulate, particularly on economic issues. He seems like the kind of guy uh, we would like here in the U.S. to see. And how he handled a reporter's questions by questioning the premise of the question was just exceptional. Let me introduce you. We got two clips here, two parts of a video that went viral this week to Pierre Polivare. On the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know this and that. Right wing, they, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. About, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of don't pe- really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump. Uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. how, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point say. of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given you know not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms that. in terms of turn, turning things quite dramatically in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this. I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm not just sure. I don't under, I don't know what your question okay. is. I don't know what your question is. <laughs> so here's the thing. In that interview, it's almost satirical because Polivare was chomping on an apple. Literally taking bites of an apple as this reporter was interviewing him. And he's being asked these questions. And he's like, there's no basis for these questions. So let me ask you for more specifics. What does that mean? Give me an example. I never really talk about left or right. I don't really believe in that. Like which people would say that? Like who? You're the one who asked the question. So I'm sure you must know somebody. What are you talking about? What page? Give me the page. I don't know what your question is. And each time the reporter didn't have an explanation. The reporter couldn't point to examples. Now, it's possible he could have. But that's why you challenge the premise. Get them to provide examples, especially if you don't believe that they will have 
examples that they can provide. Always when they ask a question that you know has no basis, they're not citing examples, they're not getting into specifics, challenge the premise. Give me an example. What does that mean? What are you talking about? What page? I just love it. And then he finally got a chance to answer a substantive question, and guess what? He did it in exactly the way media pros will tell you to do. Get the key points across that you want to get. Make sure that you are saying it in the way you want it to be said. And here you go. Then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense. Common sense for for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. You know, the guy prints $600 billion, grows our money supply by 32% in three years. That's growing the money eight times faster than the economy. No wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades. I'm going to cap spending, cut waste, so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because I'm the only one with a common sense plan that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. Polyev. I've never been good at pronouncing French. Polyev. Pierre Polyev. I've been saying Polyver. Pierre Polyev. Common sense. Common sense for a change. We're going to make common sense common for a change. And then he gets into examples. The guy is in Trudeau, the incumbent prime minister, has inflated the money supply, so on and so forth. You want to be able to afford this? You want to be able to afford that? Then vote for Pierre Polyet. I'm the candidate who can do it. This is interesting. Listener text. And I'm going to modify a word in here. Sounds like an amateur interviewer, and the interviewee was being a jerk instead of clarifying or ending it early. Look, is a reporter, yes, a local reporter, and probably an amateur there, but the amateur was asking questions that had no basis. And if you are a candidate for office, you want to take advantage of every opportunity for an interview where you can get your point across. And in this case, he was like, I'm doing a local interview and I want the people in this area to know my views. I'm going to do the Q&A. And my guess is this is a a newspaper reporter. I don't know for sure, but the way he was asking questions at his notebook, so on and so forth. I think it was a newspaper reporter. And so it wasn't meant for TV in his mind, which is why Polyev was, uh, uh, was talking to... Him while while chewing an apple. Normally, I would not recommend that. I just, I find it hilarious in this particular juncture. But he was the one trying to clarify. He was the one who was asking, well, what do you mean? And the reporter didn't have answers. The reporter got a lesson in don't ask questions you don't have a basis for. He didn't have a discussion to get at that basis. Dude! Listener, Mr. Texter, please, name in town. Okay, I see. Jay from Louisville from last weekend. There you go. That's where you have the name. Jay from Louisville. He didn't have a discussion to get at that basis. He asked the question, what do you mean? And the reporter didn't have an example and then went on to another question. 
it's not the candidate's role to to you know expand on a point where the reporter doesn't have specifics for the question. Alexa Littleton texting in. I love that Pierre video. He was so nonchalant as he eats his apple, but then asked the questions that should be asked. Yeah, questioning the premise. Elon had done something similar questioning about a year ago with a reporter. The left just throws out lies. Reminds me of Nancy Pelosi describing the wrap-up smear. The left and MSM, mainstream media, are experts at the wrap-up smear. Fair points. And I'll say this. For this reporter... You don't know necessarily if you're going into a, a situation, in, in their case, a province or in a state, you don't necessarily know what the reporter is coming from as an angle. If they're, they have the, the skill of a Kyle Clark, for example, or if they are somebody else. You don't know uh, if they're new and fresh or they're vastly experienced. So you can't just make that judgment and say, oh, now I'm not going to question the premise because this kid might be or this reporter might be fresh now you're running for the top job politically in the land prime minister in the case of this pierre fellow who's doing a great job in many respects you gotta you gotta question the premise you have to come in there and try and control the narrative as best you can we got to take a break. When we come back, Gary, stay on the line if you can. 303-696-1971. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710-KNUS. You want to talk about a tune that makes you want a boogie? It's this one, Boogie in the Dark by Count Basie's Orchestra. With Bobby Rush singing and playing that badass harmonica. From the new album, Count Basie Swings the Blues. Robert Cray's on it. Keb Moe, Bobby Rush are hearing right here and now. Buddy Guy, Lauren Mitchell, just a tremendous eclectic group and some phenomenal tunes. Basie... Count Basie swings the blues. As we continue, News Talk 710-KNUS. Gotta love it. Beautiful, beautiful heart playing here. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. Once again, best bumper music known to man. 303-696-1971. We've been talking about Pierre Polyev. He is running for, effectively running for Prime Minister of Canada. But he is the leader of the conservative party, leader of the opposition in Canada. And we've been talking about this clip that went viral earlier in the week. On the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly, you tap, certainly, you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that. Right wing, they, you know, I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of people. I don't really believe in that. Okay. So Polyev keeps questioning the premise of the question, and, and I love that. We don't see that often. It was a masterclass in it, and the and the reporter. The poor reporter didn't know what to do, what to say. 
and when asked for examples and so forth. Let's go to Gary and Dan, who's been patiently waiting. Good morning, Gary, on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Oh, good morning, Jimmy. Yeah, I saw that video on, I think it was on the Gutfeld Show two or three nights ago. Okay. And the, vid- the video is even more hilarious because when you see how he's very casually eating Chomping on the apple. apple. Yeah. Chomping on the apple and the sounds of the apple, it was beautiful and hilarious. How? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, you know, I was, I was thinking about it in the context of talk radio. Like you and George are always very well prepared and have the basis of what you're, what you're saying well established, and you explain that, and I appreciate that. Um, but what I've noticed is some other hosts um, will say things like, all Americans want this, or Republicans want that, without any real basis, and the way they control the conversation is by not taking callers. And it's very frustrating, but it's similar. You know, I think understanding the basis of questions and answers is important. Yeah, I, I do too. And if you are, look, if somebody comes on this show, I've had folks who are on the left. I mean, we've had, for example, candidates for the school board for, for election who are current members of the school board in Denver, Charmaine uh, Lindsay and Scott Balderman. And I've asked them tough questions. And if they were to question the premise of the question that I asked, I could certainly respond and say, here's what I mean. That reporter needed to come more prepared, and Polyev showed how he wasn't prepared, and also showed conservatives how, in my view, to effectively question the premise of the question. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. It's important to think about if there is, a, you don't think there's a basis for that question, ask it, ask for examples, and then you can respond to it. And if they don't have an answer, well, then this is the kind of thing you get as a result. Yeah, it really showed that he was listening to the question. And even this morning when you were talking to one of the school board members and he said, um, if we invested four cents of every dollar uh, to reduce the class size, what I was thinking is, how did you come up with the 4%? Sure. I mean, if you have, sure. If you, have a class, if you have a class size of 30 and you invest 4%, 4% of 30 is 1. Well, so it's, it's 4% of the, of the money would go of the budget into class sizes. Here's why I didn't. That's a very good question. It was a shorter interview. I didn't have enough time to really delve into that. So that's one thing where I, I would have loved to, to flesh out how he got that number. But you were right. That's the kind of thing you should do when you're listening to candidates is try and think, okay, what about this? Where did they get that number? Those questions are always good. And then if you happen to meet that candidate, then you can ask them potentially and, and get some sort of an answer. Hey, Gary, I appreciate the call. Uh, thanks, Jimmy. Hey, do you happen to know who's going to replace Stefan? Uh, so the the Brandon Tatum show, nationally syndicated show, I've actually been supposed to share that. Uh, I forgot about it. Uh, is going to be taking over the four to seven slot. 
So uh, there goes another slot of local radio. It will be Brandon Tatum, and I am, uh, you know what, he has some extensive experience in law enforcement, which will uh, offer an interesting perspective when it comes to many of the issues of the day that are going on. So, hey, Gary, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 303-696-1971. Yes, now the uh, 4 to 7 slot will be hosted by nationally syndicated radio host Brandon Tatum, and um, that'll be beginning after uh, Stefan's show uh, wraps up coming up here on November 3rd. Going to miss the brother. That's for darn sure. A little bit more detail here. Uh, Brandon Tatum is a syndicated radio host and former Tucson, Arizona police officer who's been featured on Fox News and Newsmax and has a huge social media presence. Join us for the Officer Tatum Show weekday afternoons from 4 to 7, starting Monday, November 6th only, on News Talk 710 KNUS. I have a text I want to read. You know, Gary was talking about talk radio a bit. Listener text that came in earlier. Because of hosts like you on the AM radio, this is why I listen and I need AM radio. Because I was just walking my dog. I was listening to the radio when I'm busy. I listen to the radio with an earbud, and I get local conservative viewpoints. You are a huge asset to this station. Thank you very much. I appreciate it indeed. Now, yesterday, speaking of live and local radio, I was filling in for George Brockler, 6 to 10, weekday mornings, of course. And with George, or on on George's show, I had the opportunity to spend an hour interviewing a very sharp guy. Brigadier General, retired Brigadier General Doug Slocum. He was a career fighter pilot. He led a tactical wing. He was in the Air Force for 35 years. And his insights, and he's worked with the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, before. His insights were absolutely phenomenal on the military aspects of what's happening in Gaza right now. And I have a few samples I want to play. You can also get the podcast either on George's show page or my show page. You want to look for the 7 a.m. hour. Listen to that in full. I strongly recommend it. His insights were tremendous. And here he talks a little bit about the overarching challenges, the Kobayashi Maru situation that the Israelis face right now. Their response um, at this point has been primarily... uh, as what we can see is at arm's length, uh, using uh, artillery, using air power, using ways to reach in and to be able to attack the infrastructure in Gaza. Uh, I think Israel, you know, once they they had this reflective reaction of wanting to do something immediately, uh, strategically realizing that what's going on in Gaza is a little bit of a Kobayashi Maru, uh, you know, hearkening that uh, Star Trek uh, simulator, Captain Kirk, I can't solve this problem uh, conundrum yes uh, that they're looking at an area that's you know 30 miles long by about six to seven miles wide on average with two million people who can't get out now you have the civilian population you have hundreds of hostages um and you have a very capable military but uh, how do you you know rescue hostages how do you target just hamas within this large morass of humanity that's out there in gaza um, and I think they're they're realizing that they have to take their time, um, just like we did in the first Gulf War. There's this long period of, let's say, call it sculpting the battlefield the way that you want. 
uh, with infrastructure, with uh, you know psychology, um, to go from phase one, which is this kind of keeping things at arm length, to phase two, where it's going to be up close and personal. If you know the Israeli uh, IDF goes into Gaza itself, is going to be a whole new a realm of this conflict, and they realize that's going to be very, very difficult in ways we can talk about. That was an insightful point from uh, General Slocum. Sculpting the battlefield, he was hearkening back to, two, uh, to 1991 and the first Gulf War and how the U.S., before sending ground troops, made sure that the situation on the ground was what they wanted. And that's the biggest thing that the Israelis are doing right now, which is why we have not seen that ground invasion happen. But one of the challenges, of course, for the Israeli Defense Forces has been avoiding civilian casualties. It is something that Israel goes through great pains to do. And he talked a little bit about that point. Can you talk to us a little bit about, from your understanding, what Israel tries to do and how they can even avoid civilian casualties with these kinds of dynamics that are in play on the ground? Well, and they've been, you know, through the years have actually gotten very good because you know, this goes back to that lawfare thing and the war for the airways. And there's phones everywhere uh, and cameras that are going to take pictures and document things. Um, you know, Israel talks about, you know, the phone calls to a house um, where they would basically say, hey, you get so much time to get out. They would give them a warning uh, before striking uh, to try and get the, the civilians to evacuate. And I think that was the genesis of that evacuation order that they gave for northern Gaza basically tell everybody to move south. Uh, they clearly see that the infrastructure and the problems in northern Gaza are the biggest threat. Uh, so they're trying to evacuate and get most of the civilians out of the way to minimize civilian casualties. Uh, but like I said, there's also using now the more the smaller, more precise weapons. Um, you know, the U.S. has figured this out even in our campaigns everywhere. Uh, we, you know, we've designed weapons with very, very small warheads all the way to missiles now that don't even have warheads. Uh, and we can be precise enough to say there's two people in a vehicle, hit the one in the right seat, not the one in the left. Um, you know, that degree of precision uh, because of perception of civilian casualties and, you know, trying to not be that uh, person around the world, in our case, the United States. Here, it's Israel and Gaza. They don't want those pictures that are out there. Now, no matter what they do, there's always going to be the fake pictures. You know, you blow up a building, you know, that happens to be a headquarters of Hamas, and somebody posts pictures from something else and claim that it's from there. Uh, so there's always going to be that perception battle that's going to be going on. They go through tremendous pains in Israel to avoid human casualties, which is one of the reasons why when the word was out there, oh, Israel struck this hospital intentionally, why it should have been discounted, should have been understood, okay, if that happened, it was an accident, not intentional, because they don't intentionally do those kinds of strikes. But the word was out, and it took on a life of its own, and even members of Congress like Rashida Tlaib still refuse, still refuse to this day, to this moment, to say, you know what? Guess what? It wasn't Israel who did this blast. It was Islamic Jihad. She cannot bring herself. She's such an anti-Semite. She is so in the tank for Hamas that she cannot, as a member of Congress, bring herself to admit to reality, to admit to the facts that we know. 
the facts that we know about what happened with regards to this hospital. And for a member of Congress, for a member of Congress to refuse to acknowledge that uh, is absolutely astonishing. And you know what? It is really important to understand as best we can the, the aspects of what's happening on the ground. That's why I was very happy to have General Slocum on yesterday. You can check out the podcast and listen to the 7 a.m. hour from the George Show yesterday morning, also on my podcast page. I did ask him a question as we were wrapping up on what to pay attention to, what to watch for next. So we've discussed a variety of different dynamics and aspects, but as this continues, what do you think folks should pay attention to and keep in mind as we observe moving forward? Wow, that is a great question, uh, Jimmy, because there's a lot that could happen in all of this. Of course, we have to look at the IDF and what are the next steps that they're going to do. Uh, They've had to have considered the possibility before when they talk about eliminating Hamas. Um, How are they actually going to go about trying to do that? It's going to be very dangerous, very precarious, uh, and eyes of the world are going to be on what's happening there. Um, So certainly watching the developments in the country itself. Um, Then we take the next layers out. Egypt is a big player in this. We haven't really talked about it all with the Rafah crossing being closed. Uh, Certainly uh, the Palestinian population uh, would be hostile to Egypt and thinking, you know, if they were to try and evacuate people through Rafa into Egypt, that would not be favorable to the Egyptian government. Uh, what about the proxies of Hezbollah up in the north in Lebanon, uh, as we see that continue to heat up, as well as developments on the West Bank, continuing these ripples out? Um, you know, when, when people are distracted, uh, a lot of other things can happen. So, you know, one of the one of the folks that are sitting back watching, learning, uh, and one of the winners of this whole thing, no matter how you want to look at it, is China, because we're not putting the the focus on China. The defense is going to, and a lot of the resources and attention to the Ukraine and to Israel, um, China, keeping an eye on what's going on there, as well as of course in Korea, the ongoing situation uh, in that peninsula. You know, North Korea supplied weapons to Hamas. North Korea is supplying weapons to Russia to help against the Ukraine, uh, and they're continuing to be openly hostile to South Korea. So all these areas, we really have to continue to be diligent to watch and be ready. You know, we've positioned the USS Ford, the Eisenhower Carrier Battle Group is heading over there, as well as the very capable ships uh, that can not only defend, but they also have very good sensors, airplanes that are capable. Our eyes, ears, and weapons are all on the ready in the area as we uh, as we go forward. We've key things to watch for and well put. Uh, brilliant interview with General retired General Doug Slocum yesterday. Be sure to check that out. Just a couple of uh, of thoughts before we hit to our final break, and we will return on the Jimmy Sangenberger show. Uh, one thing we we had earlier on. Um, in the program, a lot of discussion about the school board races that are going on next week. We will have on school board candidates who are not backed by the union uh, joining us on the program. We will at least have John Youngquist running at large, it looks like, and Kimberly Sia, who is running for uh, District 1, I believe, in Denver, working on Marlene De La Rosa. Hopefully she will join us as well as we focus a lot on 
supplanting is what we see in Denver public schools right now. That's certainly what they are trying to do in getting some new folks on that school board. And it is the year of the school boards, make no mistake about it. And I look at Douglas County Schools as a prime example of where we have seen some tremendous success with the school board majority, the conservative majority in that board. Four folks. Look, in two years from now, they'll all be up for re-election. And it only takes two years for the left to take control of the board. And if you don't have three conservative candidates on the uh, who get elected onto the board, then you will end up having a full seven board majority of union-backed left-wing candidates or left-wing members of the board if in two years the conservative majority isn't successful in maintaining things, in staying on board. The left there, Susan Meeks, prime example, running the one running for re-election on the left in Doug Coe. They're all in on social justice. If they win these three seats, it's just going to take two years for them to retake the board majority and put all the social justice things that we have seen the conservatives knock out back into place. That kind of change can't be afforded in Douglas County. And same thing similarly in, in, in Woodland Park. Very different dynamics there that are in play, but all eyes from the union are on Woodland Park. And that conservative majority needs to be maintained. Make no mistake about that. That is for sure. We're going to wrap up on the other side. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Having a good time here on Denver's Local Talk Leader News Talk, 710 KNUS. Grooving back, little James Brown, wrapping up and winding down things for us here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS. Thanks for joining us. Back in the saddle next Saturday, same time, same place, with more engaging, intelligent talk, saying style. Be sure to read my columns in the Denver Gazette, including I never got to this. We we just were talking so much about other things. We never got to my column. Check it out from yesterday. Hamas apologists are facing consequences about Juan Marcano and Allison Coombs, the socialists on the Aurora City Council. Some things going on there. You know, Peter Boyles has his show from 9 to noon, but he's not in the saddle today. The guy who is filling in for him is John Caldera. Uh, he's going to be kicking things off here in a moment. So I wanted to say, hey, hey, John, how are you? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm old. I'm tired. I'm bald. I should be put away. You are tired. I've been doing this since 6 a.m. How can you be tired? Because I'm old <laughs> and you're a pup. Yeah, that's, that's fair and very true. Well, despite your age, you still have your wits about you. What have you got coming up, brother? <laughs> Well, I want to talk a little bit about, of course, Prop HH. I know most of KNUS's listeners know the truth about it, but it was interesting when I took the guts of HH, the bill that made it, and brought it forward to the title board and said, what would you put on the ballot? And it wasn't anything close to what the state legislature lied and put on our ballots. So I want to get everyone to take an honest look at this. It is... Such an incredible fib. I watched that story on CBS News and uh, local CBS4, 
And I mean, it just the brazenness, John, with how they manipulate things. And I, I have to be honest, I, I, it always disappoints me when I see Art Laffer support these kinds of things. Well, uh, people, and, people need to understand that Art Laffer, who is a, you know, a, a hero to many of us yes. who, who believe in lower taxes, works for the governor. Uh, is, uh, on his boards on, on some of these things and believes that the governor is uh, kind of like a son to him. So he he has a blind spot for the governor. Yeah. It doesn't... Uh, and the governor drop, props him out and brings him out to these things yeah. to try to well, placate people like us to go, oh, listen, Art Laffer loves li- these tax increases. Listen to John Caldera. We got to run. Have fun, brother. Yeah. Art Laffer, Jared Polis will be debating Rose Puglisi and Michael Fields on Tuesday about this. Astonishing. God bless America. Have a great rest of your weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.